0: Welcome to this conversation. I'm your host, Teresa Keller, and my guest today is Lou Buantello. And Lou Buantello is a truck driver, and he's on the road right now. We're talking to him while he's traversing the state of Indiana in an express route when he can't stop and just has to keep on the move. Someone else is driving, but he's going to give us a little insight into life on the road and also talk to us about the issues about getting product delivered to where it needs to be. Welcome to this conversation, Lou Buantello.
1: Thank you, Teresa. It's good to be here.
0: Well, it's good to talk to you. We had a little trouble connecting, but it seems like maybe things are going to work and that we'll maintain a signal. But first of all, tell us what company it is that you work for. I know you're proud of the company.
1: Oh, yeah. I work for Bottomley Enterprises out of Mount Airy, North Carolina. I've been doing this for almost 30 years or a little over. I have to say this is one of the best companies I've ever worked for.
0: Well, that's impressive to hear. So maybe we should say the name again. It's called Bottomly.
1: Yes. Bottomly Enterprises.
0: Bottomly Enterprises out of Mount Airy. Well, it's it's always nice to talk to somebody who enjoys the employer that they work for. So uh, congratulations on that. What led you to become a truck driver?
1: My dad was a truck driver. It's kind of ran into the blood, I guess. It,
0: it, he did it for how long and, and how did you finally get started driving a truck?
1: Well, Dad did. uh, He was a local driver. He delivered roofing materials. And my oldest brother, when he got into his, you know, adulthood, he became a manager for a roofing supply outfit. He did a driver. So him and I worked together getting my license. And that's when I started. It was back in um, 1989, I believe.
0: All right. And what had you done before that? Because you were uh, old enough to have already had some kind of employment before then, I would think.
1: Right. I did sales and uh, I was in the Army so long ago, so it's hard to remember. <laughs> but,
0: well, do you uh, want to uh, tell us how old you are? How do you feel about that?
1: Well, I look 25, but I'm actually 60. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the first thing that I think of when I think of a truck driver is, I get so squirmy and sitting is hard and you really just spend a lot of time in the truck driving. That's the job. How hard is it just to be in that one place and to keep your focus and concentrate on driving?
1: Well, if you have enough going on around you, you get used to it. Like when you're driving through cities and stuff, you really have to be aware, especially with people texting and stuff like that. Uh, There's been days where I avoided several accidents, you know, in a short time. And uh, while we hit the open road after St. Louis, it's not that bad. But there's a lot of things to you know really focus on. Uh, you see something new every day, even if you're on the same route, because you're constantly on different times. We go through areas, so I mean, this this country is so beautiful. There's so many things to see, so many things to recognize and explore visually that uh it keeps you occupied
0: that's really interesting to hear you say that because i can easily see how somebody might have a different reaction of gee i'm on the road again it's the same old same old but you're you're seeing the positive you're seeing the beauty
1: yeah i mean you have to see the positive because there's a lot of negative
0: well we want to talk about that too but but, uh, we were talking about just being in the road, what you call uh, cars like I drive the four wheelers, right? Yeah. What drives you craziest about the four wheelers?
1: Um, <laughs> I wish people learn how to merge onto an uh, interstate. <laughs>
0: that's,
1: that's that's what drives me nuts the most.
0: Well, give me the, the give tell me how to do it because I'm always intimidated when I'm trying to merge onto the interstate. So, what's the trick?
1: The way I do it, I try and hit the actual speed limit before I come off the acceleration lane because that merging lane is actually called an accelerating lane. So I try and match the speed limit near that or go a couple miles an hour more. So I'm not, you know, getting anybody's way. Uh, I'm not causing the truck to slow down, slam on his brakes or anything. So that's basically it.
0: So people sometimes just pull in front of you and they're not going fast enough and then that causes a problem for you?
1: When they're doing 40, yeah, and I'm doing 70.
0: (laughs) So then what happens, Lou? I mean, that's serious.
1: Well, if you can't get over, a lot of people automatically assume that I have room to come over to the next thing left of me. But 9 times out of 10, there's a car or a pickup truck there or another truck and I can't do it. So I have to slow down quickly so I don't hit anybody.
0: So that's the skill of your job. Right. If You've never had an accident like that or have you seen accidents like that?
1: Um, not from merging, no. I mean, I never have. Uh, I did have an accident back in 91 and I used to train truck drivers. I'd tell them, you'll, you'll only wreck a truck once. <laughs> you'll learn from it or you'll die from it. That's oh. basically it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I rolled the truck.
0: No kidding, hill, what happened?
1: I was coming down a hill and uh it was in san leandro california and my brakes had failed and i was pretty heavy i was taking the off ramp when i realized that i had no brakes well I went to get back on the freeway i looked down the lady next to me had a little baby in the baby carrier i said well no <laughs> i just gotta take this one off the interstate except that i'm gonna wreck so
0: how it bad was it? Up. Were you hurt?
1: Oh yeah, it rolled the truck. And uh, i tell you, it did not feel good. I still have back problems from it.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, I would think back problems would make it especially hard to continue driving.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> we have a saying that whenever they build a bridge, they have to make sure that the asphalt is about three or four inches below the bridge platform just so they can bounce us around. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> and it hurts your back. That kind of gets back to the thing that I was asking you about, the physical situation of just sitting, because just right. sitting is not healthy.
1: No, it's not. There's times where, well, at my age, uh, my, I can feel my legs swelling and stuff like that. Our seats, we can move up and down. So we just adjust you know, to different height levels on it to help us with that. And uh, if it gets bad enough, I can get out, walk around. I can stop the truck, get out, walk around. Or sometimes my co-driver, see, we drive teams. And uh, my co-driver will say, hey, you know, I need to move around. And I'll pull over and stop. We'll both walk around the truck. So that kind of helps with the pains.
0: Yeah, well, and that's not exactly the kind of aerobic activity that one would need <laughs> in a day you say that you're driving in teams not everybody does that you're generally doing long-haul trips yeah how does it work with a team member
1: well uh it actually works out pretty good because i left this morning i'll be back friday from washington state so when i when i drove solo i mean i'd be gone for two or three months at a time but working up bottomly i mean driving teams I can go out, come back. I'm home for two or three days and go right back out again. So I get a lot of home
0: time. How, does, how do you get paid? Does you get paid by the, I mean, that sounded, that, that was confusing to me, that you used to have to be out for months, but now you can do it quicker because you're as part of the team.
1: Yeah, see, when you drive solo, you have to wait for a load to be available to you so they can send you, you know, whichever direction. And it's so unpredictable that way. But the way Bottomley set up, I mean, they got a really interesting set for their dispatchers. We've got two guys that dispatch you out. We got another guy that dispatches you in, and from there we have another guy that most of the time we drop our loads off at the yard. And our local dispatcher he handles all the local guys. He has them take the uh, loads to where they need to be, final destination. So we get paid by the mile. Really depends on your experience. How much she'll pay you, but mm. I'm not complaining at all for for my pay.
0: Is there any any range that you would tell people about how much you get paid? Uh, I realize this is the most personal question you can ask any human being: is how much do you get paid?
1: Yeah, my recruiter would probably kill me if I answered that.
0: <laughs> okay, well I won't. But you say that you are quite satisfied.
1: Oh yeah, so not not
0: many people say that about their salaries. Not many. All right. Well, congratulations. And that's good to hear. The other burning question is, do you get sleepy? What do truck drivers do? How do they stay awake? You have the stereotype of that you have to take, you know, some kind of pills or something to keep you awake. So tell us about the sleep factor.
1: Actually, the best thing to drink when you're tired is water. Hmm. Um, I drink, I use Propel water. It boosts me more than coffee does. They do have... Well, they used to have a lot of truck driver's bills here. Take these, take these, take these. Truck drivers show up at his final destination looking like a crazy man. You know, we don't do that. (laughs) Okay. Well, good. Well,
0: drinking water. There's something healthy about the routine that we've, that we've heard, but I, I think you have to be kind of just the kind of person who stays awake. I can't drive three hours without falling asleep. And Uh, I just wonder, is it it something that varies from person to person? You just have a natural way of being more awake and alert than some people, than some other people, maybe?
1: Right. Um, Yeah, I used to be able to drive and drive and drive in my 40s and 50s. Now that I hit 60, it's a little bit tough around me. But our safety man and even the bosses, the owners and stuff, they'll tell you, if you get tired, pull over and sleep, take your nap. You know, don't risk it. It's not worth it.
0: That's wonderful to hear and uh, that you would have that flexibility and freedom and not feel pressured. I think there may be a big difference between, you said that you're team drivers and you work for this company. A lot of truck drivers own their own trucks and that's their business and they drive solo or some other kind of like personal relationship. Is that fairly accurate? What are the differences? Have you done it that way? Have you done it the solo route?
1: I've done solo, not as an not as an owner-operator though, as a company driver, and uh, that's when I'd be on two or three months at a time. It's it's pretty lonely life when you go out solo. A lot of people are like, "Yeah, you know, I want to go by myself. I'm going to go explore things. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to sleep what I want." And after about six months, you're going, man, this is boring. <laughs> I am lonely. Yeah, you know. So you just have to be, you know, find what's right for. For you, basically, I've been teaming for about three years. At first, I hated it, but now I'm kind of used to it. You just have to find the right person to team with. So when you get along with somebody, that actually lets you sleep when you're off duty. So,
0: so you have get... somebody who's driving up front right now. I mean, I, I maybe didn't make it clear that you're not actually driving the truck while we're talking, but you're in the truck. So what are yeah. your accommodations like in the truck? Oh, they're horrible. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, we have uh, bunk beds in the truck. The top one will fold up. If, you know, if I had to drive solo, see if my co-driver wanted to go on vacation or something. We've got a refrigerator in here. They are talking about upgrading our trucks to where we can put microwaves and stuff like that in them. I mean, you can't these things, but you'd have to buy a separate converter. That's a different story. I used to have a big TV in mine. And I finally took it out. But I mean, there's so many different things you could do. Um, last year, they caught me by surprise. A mechanic walks up to me. His name's Raul. He's a great, great mechanic. He's always watching out for us. <laughs> he walks up, he says, Hey, he says, I got to show you something in your truck. I did do it. I said, What's that? He says, You see this option one button? I said, Yeah, he says, That's your heated wipers. Uh. I thought he was kidding me at first. I never heard of them. <laughs> yeah. Heated wipers—they do that here.
0: Heated wipers—that's fancy. (laughs) Let me let me interrupt just for a second, Lou, to remind listeners that this is this conversation on WEHC. My guest is Lou Bontello. He is a truck driver, a long haul truck driver, and he's on the road in Indiana in the back while his team driver is taking care of um, maneuvering the highways. And he's telling us about life on the road. He just was giving credit to his mechanic who told him about the heated wipers that he didn't know he had so my next question is some of these big rigs are pretty fancy now aren't they don't they have self-driving trucks or trucks that practically self-drive themselves
1: they do yeah that's uh, i don't know i wouldn't want to be around one. Oh, you wouldn't no i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't trust a self-driving truck because there's so many instant emergencies that can happen and uh Let's say uh, somebody driving a car cuts that truck off and, you know, it's a teenager in that car and he's just learning how to drive. He cuts that truck off, slams on his brakes. That truck is not going to know exactly what to do like people do. I mean, we have a natural instinct and uh, that's what saves us basically. Now there's a lot of wrecks out there with humans in the trucks, (laughs) I've seen some pretty crazy stuff out here over the years. I, I just would not trust them. The truck that we drive now, it's a 2021 Freightliner. It does have some self-controlling type things in it, which I really don't like. Uh, if you get over to a lane, to the right or left, it has an alarm system to it that tells you, hey, you're too far over. If you get too close behind somebody, it'll alert you. And tell you, you know, collision warning, whatever. And uh, if I have the cruise control set at 70 miles an hour, I get up behind another truck that's doing 65, it'll automatically match that speed. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a lot of fun when you're going down the interstate and you got an off-ramp. If you got a car swing around you, it takes that off-ramp instead of coming up behind you. Because it'll literally output you through the windshield when they do that
0: (laughs) is it something that you think you would get used to or or you because you've done it the way you've done it for so long you you're just more confident and more comfortable
1: yeah i would say there's a lot of us old timers that just we're more comfortable with being able to have full control of the truck Um, I, i
0: know what you mean and and i agree not from a big rig but just from my own vehicle it's it is kind of scary how that how they stop on their own and those kinds of things so but i would think that it's coming lou you you're i guess not going to be planning on driving for a lot longer but is this is something that people probably worry about about losing jobs
1: oh no not the truck industry no the truck industry is so strong uh and first of all those things those type of trucks they're going to cost a whole lot more than these trucks. My boss adds probably four to six trucks per month to the fleet, brand new trucks. If those were the automated trucks, you wouldn't be able to do that because you still have to have a driver in that truck. So I don't know. I think it's going to be quite a while yet before they actually go fully automated for everybody.
0: It the, does the, seem like it's a little ways off.
1: I mean, there are some out there. They're testing them. I don't know how they could put fuel in them. <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine going up to a truck stop, all these automated trucks are sitting there going, hmm, what do we do now? <laughs> We're out of fuel.
0: Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, um, Lou, just a little bit more about what exactly you do in terms of what you're hauling and how you haul it. <coughs> do you, In your truck, do you load freight into the truck or somebody loads freight into the truck? Do you put a container on top of the truck and just haul it? How oh, does no, that we, work?
1: We hold what's called a, a reefer type uh, trailer. And it's a cold trailer. You can set it for different temperatures.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh, or we can just shut it off and do general merchandise. But uh, we don't load our own trucks. We are 100% no-touch freight. It's a real easy job. Sometimes we go to California. Sometimes we go to Washington State and I've never had to really touch anything.
0: So you just back up and get something hooked to the truck or loaded on the truck? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. And then
1: after they're done, we secure it with either straps or load bars, and then shut the doors and put a seal on it, and we go.
0: Well, this is the perfect segue into the big question, because mm-hmm. right now people are saying that they can't get merchandise delivered and that there may be trucks sitting uh, or cargo containers that could be loaded onto trucks sitting in harbors. They can't right. get them on the trucks. They can't get them delivered. What's your view of what's going on with the delivery of this kind of pandemic world?
1: I think what's going on really is um, everything's in the, in the shipping docks, okay, uh, coming in from overseas, that's the cargo that people can't get because all the quarantine statuses and everything else going on. It just makes it impossible. A lot of guys have been uh that do that kind of hauling that own their own trucks. They're getting into either dry vans or flatbeds and because um, they <laughs> fed up with it out there. I've been to a, a dock like that, a marina dock before before the pandemic happen, and you literally waste the whole day out there trying to get your load. It's not fun, because if this truck ain't rolling, you're not making any money, period.
0: So are you saying that some of the drivers have just quit fooling with that kind of work, that yeah, kind of delivery?
1: Yeah, I've heard drivers saying that, saying, yeah, you know, my buddy does that. He's not going to do it anymore. He's he's getting out of that. It's just a nightmare for him. And uh, I don't know the actual truth to that because I haven't been out to a dock in so long, but, uh, you know, I can imagine that would be the scenario. I mean, you can't let your truck sit. You have to move that truck to pay your bills.
0: That's very interesting because I did hear some discussion of this matter and somebody cited a statistic that it's not a question of not enough truck drivers that in California, for example, there were, I forget how many thousand more truck drivers than than the number that could even be employed to do the work, but that they're just not doing it. So that's the first explanation of that that I've heard. It sounds interesting that you've heard that yeah. from fellow truck drivers.
1: You know, um, I heard that they're industry short right now, 53,000. That's what I hear. But everything's, there's no experts in that. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Good point. <laughs> we don't know uh, who to ask because there are no experts.
1: Right. You can go up to any truck driver and ask, him, hey, you know, how short's the industry? And he'll tell you, oh, we're hiring.
0: <laughs> well, that's really interesting because you said that one of the things that you said earlier is that the uh, truck industry is very strong, doing very well.
1: It is. Uh, if you become a truck driver, you really do not have to know worry about being employed everybody's hiring everybody but i mean that's how strong it's going
0: and that you recommend it you're recommending this field to people
1: oh no become a veterinarian animals are so cute i'd love to do that
0: (laughs) so if you had it to do over again you'd be a veterinarian
1: oh yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) if i had to do it over i'd probably do it again
0: you would do it Um, again
1: yeah, I probably would, but yeah, I would.
0: Well, that's quite an endorsement. Very encouraging. Are there a lot of young people entering the field, you think?
1: It used to be you had to be 23 years old because of the insurance. Uh huh. I'm hearing they're dropping it down to 18 years old now. I don't know if that's true or not, but there's companies that will take them right out of school, and uh, our company has taken a few that show promise, and... Uh, they worked out pretty good.
0: Lou, what would be the thing that you would most want people who are driving along in the four wheelers around the trucks? What would you want them to know about trucks and truck drivers? Go home. (laughs) (laughs) Get off the road and leave you alone. Exactly. No, okay. Um, well, se, so that's the number one piece of advice. <laughs> go home and get <laughs> off the road and get out of my way. But other than that, if we're gonna have to coexist out there, what would you say?
1: Um, pay attention. We can't stop like you can, like the fourheer can stop. Uh, get off the phone, put it down, stop texting. It's not worth your life. And uh, just be patient with us. When we're going uphill, we're pulling heavy loads, we got to go slower. When you come around us and in front of us, we start going down. You gravity takes over. <laughs> so, just keep gravity in mind and keep the phone away. Just put it down.
0: Well, good luck with that advice. You see people on. Yeah. What's the what's the worst thing you've seen when you in looking into other cars? I, some of this might not be something you could talk about.
1: Um, no, <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of weird stuff.
0: Choose something that you can actually say that was weird that you've seen.
1: I saw one guy watching a movie on his iPad that was mounted on his dash. He wasn't paying any attention to the road at all. And coming up through a slight right-hand curve in the road, he went straight right through the guardrail. Oh, so my goodness. that I could say. Yeah, yikes. Here About a month or two ago, I ran up into, or I came upon a very bad accident. And I would say there's texting involved but it, it happened right over a Knoll so when these cars had collided a bait truck came over the Knoll and that's all she wrote a lot of people got really badly injured on that so the phone's well, not and, worth
0: it yeah you know that feeling because you've been through it tell us about the, a little bit about your driver that you're with, you all have been together for a while
1: yeah, Jamie and I have been riding for about three months now and uh, he's a pretty good guy me and him get along really good. I've had some other great drivers that have, uh, you know, moved on to different things. But uh, this guy here, I mean, we make each other laugh. We're always cracking up at each other. You, you have to have, like, a uh, family atmosphere in your truck. And, uh, you know, he's like a brother. You know, he's, he's been driving, I think, 10 years. So he's got the experience. He knows what he's doing that makes you feel a lot more confident.
0: Well, good. We'll give him our regards. And we're just about out of time, Lou Wantello, But what would be your final words to listeners about your world and your life involved with truck driving?
1: Well, if you want to explore the country and get paid for it, drive a truck. You'll see everything. Um, just stay safe out there, basically.
0: Well, that's good advice to everybody all the time. And the same to you, Lou Wantello and. And to Jamie, uh, your your partner who's driving at the time, stay safe out there. We thank you so much for talking to us and sharing a little bit about your experience in the big rigs.
1: No problem. Thanks for calling me.
0: All right. It's my pleasure. And thanks above all to the listeners for tuning in. Without the listeners, we'd have no reason to be here. So thanks to WEHC listeners. This is This Conversation, Wednesdays at 6 and Sundays at 2, here on 90.7. See you next time.